Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. which by now you know is free every Thursday via podcastone.com and iTunes. Appreciate you guys downloading, streaming, listening, however you do so. And uh, we're ready to go for another fun, fun podcast. I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. Band that I've never spoken to before this interview, a band from the UK called The Darkness have just released a new album called Pinewood Smile, and it's a, a really fun conversation with their leader, Justin Hawkins, and their newest member, Rufus Taylor, who also happens to be the son of Roger Taylor, the drummer in Queen. Rufus even played a little bit with Queen, and we talk about that during the interview as well. Fun conversation with a fun band. I like some of the stuff on uh, on their new album, and you'll get a chance to hear all about that conversation with them. Like most of the interviews that you hear here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast, it originated on my SiriusXM show called Vol- On Volume. That's the name of the channel, Channel 106, and you can hear that live Monday through Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, replaying every night. 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and always on demand as well on the Sirius XM app. So check it out. Join me live Monday through Friday to talk rock. And here on the Eddie Trunk podcast for the interview portion of it, you get a little taste of some of those interviews. Just a little taste, though, because I average about five or six a week there. Here you get one each and every week on the podcast, posting every Thursday. And this week it is with The Darkness. So before we get to that interview, I just want to remind you that... um, I'm going to be uh, appearing next in Tulsa at the IDL Ballroom in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Warrant and Firehouse performing. I'll be hosting that show. Hope to see you guys there if you are in the Tulsa area, an area that has been so good to me. Just got back from Los Angeles, had a great visit to L.A. where I did a week of radio shows on Sirius XM. Also hosted the latest Dio Cancer Fund event, which happened this past Friday at Pins in Studio City. It was a sold-out affair. Had a great time, great turnout. My team included Tom Morello, Sebastian Bach, Doug Aldridge, Adam Jones of Tool, 
and Brent Woods, and we had a contest winner who bid a bunch of money for the Dio Cancer Fund to bowl on the team. Came in third this year. Not bad, considering all the alcohol involved. <laughs> but it was for a great cause, and I appreciate everybody coming out. It's a great honor for me to host all these great Dio Cancer Fund events, and it was great seeing everybody in Southern California. More information on the Dio Cancer Fund at docancerfund.org. And the next thing I think is going to be next March, which will be the ride for Ronnie. And uh, I'll be seeing you out there for that as well. Always, always a great time. And I want to send a special thanks out this week to my old, old friend, Sebastian Bach, who he threw a party at his house uh, because I was in California last Wednesday night. And Sebastian has long wanted me to go to his house. He is way into the vinyl kick, you know, listening to music on vinyl. And he has like (laughs) 10 copies of Kiss Alive 2 with various differences. And he threw this big party at his house last Wednesday. And my God, did we have a blast listening to old Kiss and Aerosmith and drinking and having a great time. So thanks to Sebastian and his wife, Suzanne, for hosting that party. And also they did it again on Friday. We all went there and crashed Baz's house after the bowling event. And had an amazing time as well. If you follow on social media, you probably saw some of the photos on all of this stuff. And again, my social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is simply at Eddie Trunk. EddieTrunk.com is the official online home. So that's what we have to tell you about. And uh, that's what I'm coming off of this past week in Los Angeles. It was a great week. And now I'm getting ready uh, next week to head out on a little vacation. I... uh, had some vacation time I needed to use from Sirius XM. I was about to lose it if I didn't use it. So I'm going to be away all next week going to South Florida to visit some friends down there for a few days. Then from there, going over to Tulsa to host that show at the IDL that I just mentioned on the 22nd of October. But as usual, you'll get a new podcast, even though I'm on vacation. I'll do this for you guys. How about that? <laughs> Just for the podcast audience. And I'll bring that to you uh, next week. Every Thursday, of course, a brand new episode at podcastone.com and iTunes. Also want to remind you that I've got an Amazon store. And I appreciate you checking out my storefront before you begin your shopping anytime on Amazon. Bookmark it and begin all your Amazon shopping by going to amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. When you go there on that homepage, you'll see some handpicked items by me that I put in the store and take a look at what's up there. And then if you buy that stuff, cool. If you want, go on to any other sections of Amazon. Just always start your Amazon shopping at Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. And you'll get a chance to see some of the things that sometimes I talk about on this podcast or I recommend to you. And then, like I said, from there, you can go on and do the rest of your shopping. It helps me out greatly if you do that. And it is much, much appreciated. So as I mentioned, the darkness are the interview this week. I had no history whatsoever with these guys. A publicist reached out and said they wanted to come on to promote their new album. And uh, I love talking to people that I've never interviewed before. It's actually incredibly rare for me having done this for so long. So it was a lot of fun getting to know Justin Hawkins and Rufus Taylor from this band. You will hear that interview in its entirety coming up next on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, so are you guys in need of great talent for your business, but you're short on time? 
You don't have to get lost in a huge stack of resumes. Who wants that to find your perfect hire? You just need the right tools. You need smarter tools. What if hiring could be easier, more streamlined, less time-consuming? So even when you're busy, you could still be smart about the way you hire. If you are hiring, you know the quality hires, or I should say that quality hires, they keep your business moving forward. But you also know that it can take a lot of time to find the right candidate for the job, right? So if you're hiring, you need to know where to post your job to find the best candidates. Well, that has been made much, much easier with ZipRecruiter because you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. So you can rest easy knowing your job is being seen by the right candidates. Then ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting it. So you receive the best possible matches. That's why ZipRecruiter is, is, is totally different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them. No wonder 80% of employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate, and that's what you want, quality, right? They get it through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all sizes and all industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, F-R-E-E, free. ZipRecruiter.com slash trunk is how you do it. ZipRecruiter.com slash T-R-U-N-K. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash trunk. One more time, to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash trunk. There are 120,000 unsolved murder cases in America. It was the next day that I found out from my parents when it happened, that my sister was killed. Each one is called a cold case. Sometimes you have to look really closely to find the evidence. Damn, I, I killed her. Damn it, I killed her. Cold Case Files, the podcast. Garcia is walking into the home of a real monster. I was nervous. I realized what kind of person I was dealing with. It's a goosebump moment. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 1.04% APR for 36 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. All right, this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast is here. My guests are Justin Hawkins and Rufus Taylor of the band The Darkness. They dropped by my Sirius XM show a couple weeks ago to talk about their new album, Pinewood Smile, and upcoming tour dates. It was great getting to know these guys. I think you're going to enjoy this interview. And again, it's courtesy of my daily show heard live on Sirius XM every day from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on Channel 106 Volume, replaying every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and on demand on the Sirius XM app. But right now, we take you into my Trunk Nation 
Action Studio on Sirius XM Volume for a visit with Rufus and Justin, a fun conversation with the guys from the darkness on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome, Justin Hawkins. Good to see you, man. Nice to see you, too. Thanks. And uh, and Rufus Taylor, who is eating a sandwich that he... <laughs> He was, he was, somebody needs to get the man a plate. I, He's putting his sandwich inside his hat. It's a clean hat. Okay? It's new. It's oh, it's a, your sandwich, man. You can do whatever you yeah, want right? with it. Okay, good. But I, thought, I just. I thought you were judging me. He washed his hair before wearing the hat <laughs> and eating the sandwich. Yeah. And I was very careful about chewing away from the microphone so it wouldn't get a. No, it's all good. You and can do whatever you want. Until you, he, he, yeah. was, he thought he'd get, got, gotten away with it. Until cut you, my legs out. It was more <laughs> of an indictment on us than it was on yeah. you right. that we have a guest walking around with a, a sandwich without <laughs> proper plate. cutlery and plate. That's what I'm talking about. <sighs> yeah, now, what kind of sandwich is that? That is That, that looks like a very British it's, sandwich. It's called a, we, a, call that, we call that a hat sandwich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can we take a picture? Can I take a picture please, of that? Please, we, we, this, this is, this is. No, no, leave it. Don't, yeah, don't mess with it at all. This look, is awesome because I do want to share this with the audience. My yeah, hold on, this is. <laughs> Can you go? That should be the album cover right there. Yeah, the, the Rufus sandwich. <laughs> we did think about it. You going to tweet that, Eddie? Yeah, I should. Um, what seriously? Are that going to eat that room? I, I mean, I, I feel bad because I'm. I've got this in my. Will they mind hearing me chew? No, oh, yeah. I was eating right. a Cliff Bar on the air yesterday. It's fine. Okay, but no, no, serious question now. Yeah, what is that sandwich called? Because I've only been in England a few times, and that looks similar to bag- sandwiches I've this been is given. A, That's a baguette. This is a line court tuna cucumber baguette. <laughs> oh, there's tuna on there. Uh, yeah. Yes, there is. Because it's Tuna usually, fish. in England, when I was there, they were very big on cucumber sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Do really? you have the- When were you there? In the 1920s? <laughs> <laughs> I am a bit old, Justin. <laughs> no, C- I- Cucumber sandwiches is a European thing. It's, um, just to talk you through it, you, you, you have to um, peel the cucumber using like a, a simple carrot peeler. And then you slice them very thinly, and you put this spice on the top called aromat. Do you have that here? No. It's kind of like um, a reduction of some kind of um, herby, salty stuff. I don't know, but okay. it's a powder, and then you put it on top of the cucumbers. It's delicious. You have it when you're watching <laughs> when you're watching cricket matches. You'll just eat it, and 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 also the the theme of it is that it's the most easy thing to eat because it's wet, soft. The skin's gone because you've because you remember you've already um, peeled it. And also, you cut the crusts off the bread. Oh, so okay. To, yes, that's what I remember. It, this yeah. was in Birmingham. I think you might have been having you, high tea. Were you having high tea? It was re- tea-related. There was tea was being served as well. scones and things like yes. that? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. cream. Yes, yes. But it seemed like every sandwich I tried to get the time I was there looked exactly like Rufus's sandwich. Right. Oh. With oh. some sort of like uh, cream cheese or some something with a cucumber sort okay. of sticking out of well, it. Well, I think right. what Rufus has there is the working man's sandwich. <laughs> Yes. Um, it's, it's like an approximation of the, the legendary Cornish pasty in that you hold the bread and then uh, well, eat it at the not, end. Let's not push it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> We've got a pasty purist in the yeah. house. Well, have, you, have you ever had a Cornish pasty? No, I don't even know what that is. You are in for a treat, okay. my friend. Just to let you know, the bottom right hand, co- bottom left hand corner of, of uh, the UK as you're looking at it is Cornwall. It's like a really nice bit that sticks out in the Atlantic. It's kind of reaching out to the Americas and saying, look at this pastry item. Mm. And it's like a pie... But how do we do like a so pastry? It looks like a fig. Pie, you know what a fig looks like when you see it yeah, on a tree. Sure, of course. It's that made out of pastry. It's it's like this long, 
and it's like that big, and it's kind of like a, or, or or it could be like a calzone almost. It kind of looks like a, a oh, yeah. pastry calzone. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, inside meat. is Swede, carrot, potato, steak, minced like beef, and um, onions, and it's the best thing in the world. And the darkness really? has an album coming out on the sixth of October. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks for coming in, guys. I was actually, I was actually going to say, I was going to hook it up. <laughs> Nah. Cornwall, which was <laughs> coincidentally. That's I was just going to say, hey, thanks album. for coming and uh, good luck. <laughs> good but, luck promoting the tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But seriously, it's it's uh, and wait, the last thing on the food and the England thing. The other thing I remember about being there, again, I've been there a handful of times. But the 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 HP sauce, right? Oh, I love oh, that's yeah, the sauce. thing. You guys mm. have HP, which well, I've never a bit saw like before. A1 sauce, isn't it? I mean, the flavor wise, A ones are slightly saltier, slightly. Uh, looser consistency to HP, but it's a similar thing, like a steak sauce. So you guys put that on everything, pretty I, much. Yeah, right? I, I like to have it with mushrooms, for example. Really, like yeah, the yeah. hallucinogenic mushrooms? Or I, I, I'll have anything with those. Though. <laughs> My appetite skyrockets when I eat that stuff. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. Since you know, I have not uh, had the pleasure of speaking to you guys before, and you do have a new album which I'm really enjoying called Pinewood Smile, which is out on October sixth. You've come over. Uh, what, just got into town, got into the States to start promoting this? Is yeah, that what's going yeah. on right now? We arrived last night, and um, we're just sort of talking to you today, and then we're going to eat some um, Thai food. <laughs> 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 but, you know, New York, you have to, you know, sample the culinary, you know, the international cuisine that you have here. It's a, it's a, it's a, what's it called again? Culturally diverse city, isn't it? And it'd be a shame to just eat New York food. Right. What, what, right. what, what would be New York food? Would it just be hot pizza. dogs? Pizza. Pizza. But that's, yeah. that's Italian food. Yeah, but, no, it's, but New York is so known for its pizza. There's a pizza place on every corner out there. But and and, it, and New York oh, pizza. Star, Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, New, New York pizza is widely regarded as the but best is, pizza. Is, isn't is pizza it the king of the from pizza? Is what? Well, it, it, I know it's like Italian, but was, wasn't it? Wasn't the first pizza in? Am I getting this wrong? I'm going to Google this because I think pizza. I'm right on this. Well, I don't, probably. I, Italy. I don't think the Ita- Italians did the first one though. Oh, really? Yeah, they I don't just, think they, they did the first. America. <laughs> Co- cooking with the darkness, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't think they did the first. Uh, Spaghetti, like I think pasta originated with the Japanese or or Asians. An often recounted story holds that on the 11th of June 1889, which is exactly 100 years before Pump by Aerosmith was released, uh, to (laughs) honour the Queen Consort of Italy, Margarita of Savoy, the Neapolitan pizza maker Raffaele Esposito created the pizza margarita. This is not looking like it's in my favour. Garnished with tomatoes, mozzarella, and basil to represent the national colours of Italy, as on the Italian flag. Wow. Okay. So that's fascinating stuff. There you go. Not, but not I would in America. De- <laughs> I, would, I would definitely strongly kind of suggest <laughs> while you were here that you should sample a slice of New York pizza at one of the many, many establishments you can yeah, find out that's there. That's good advice. Yeah. What, if can I was can to you go- recommend your favorite? Um, you know, there's a place that I just... There's disc- a place called uh, Domino's. <laughs> no, no, gosh, no. That makes me crazy when I come here and we, with all the delis and pizza we have and you see tourists eating yeah. Domino's or Pizza <laughs> Hut or, right. you know, exactly, or they go to Subway. It's like, oh, no. No, that's not good. There's a place right by Madison Square Garden, which is maybe 15, 10, 15 blocks walking distance, called New York Pizza Suprema. Amazing. Sounds so good. you may and want is to it, track Is it like that. a whole pizza or is it like a big fat No, you can slice. go, you can go get a slice. Yeah, nice, you can just nice. walk in right to the counter, just grab, a, grab slice. a slice. 
Yeah, it cost you like three bucks or something, and that's it. Money now, well spent. now, if I was to go to England tomorrow, what mm-hmm. would you suggest would be the one food I should try? Because I haven't had much luck with food there. Shepherd's pie. That's number one. Well, the things that you like, though, they're all like the sort of cuisine. What? That, well, it's, uh, Tread no, carefully. No, I'm just saying. It's like what? family food. You know what I mean? It's the food that yeah. families eat together. He can't go to a restaurant and order shepherd's pie. They'll look at him like he's mad. No, there are places that do it. Good pubs. Well, the yeah, Ivy. A, a good if you pub. go to the Ivy, I had a shepherd's pie sat, sitting next to Elton I bet that's Elton a good John, shepherd's actually. pie. It was delicious, yeah. to be honest. So, ju- well, what do you suggest, Justin, if, for, for an American going to England? What's the one food you got to try? I mean, fish and chips as well. Of course, yeah. It has to be done. Fish and chips. Properly. In the newspaper, right? Yeah. you got to eat it out the newspaper, yeah. yeah. Uh, C- Cornwall is an- another that's another kings of the fish and chips. Mm. And, and the last question on this, do you have ice there yet? Have you guys, do you ice. have ice? Yeah, on the roads in, in your or drinks? In, the, in drinks? <laughs> Why everybody yeah, that goes, we can't get ice. Look England. at this big, beautiful cup of ice I have. Look, you can't ice, find this in England. Ice is not a new thing to English people. Yeah, it feels like when you came to Europe, you came during the medieval times. <laughs> <laughs> when beer was warm. Do you have running water there yet, Justin? <laughs> Not everywhere. I'll, I'll give you that, but uh, we're working on it. <laughs> anyway, uh, the new album is called Pinewood Smile from the Darkness. It is out on December 6th. October, wa- October the 6th. I'm sorry, October the 6th. I want to go back to um, the, the, the roots of this band, if we can, because I find in talking to people here in the U.S. about the darkness, you have... A very, as I'm sure you know, very passionate fan base, a, a, a segment of people that really are passionate and love what the darkness does. And then, quite frankly, there's another group that are, don't really have an awareness of the band or yeah. maybe remember the... Some, sometimes I come here and they go, oh, I thought you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, in a way, they're, they're right. <laughs> you almost were. <laughs> From the waist down, I might as well be, yeah. <laughs> but can you, can you give us for the, the origins of the band? Like, in other words, before the darkness came together, were you in other bands in England? Uh, not, nothing famous, really, but obviously we were, we were all trying to achieve some, some sort of notoriety. Um, I didn't sing in any band before, but I, played, uh, I did play guitar and stuff. And um, where in England were, did you get the start? Where was it, where were you based? Well, London was right where London. it all kicked off, really, for us. But um, I used to do adverts, you know, jingles and uh, music for TV commercials and films and stuff like that. Write it not, or not sing it or perform it? Or? All of those, all of the above. Really? Mm. And did you enjoy and that's that? that's actually how we funded the first album. I did a, did a couple of adverts for... Um, a, a furniture company called IKEA. Have you heard of yeah, that? Yeah, we it's, have those here. Sure. Yeah. Okay. The the Swedish company, and I and they always, I used to get these jobs where they used to say to me, "We want to have this song by this band, but we can't afford that, so we need you to simulate the production, melodic content, and you know, musical structure of this without getting sued." And that's kind of how I learned about music. Really, is just by doing copying stuff. The, uh, the, when you hear commercials, even here, I've heard commercials many times, and you listen to them, and you'll be like, that kind of reminds me of a hit yeah. song, yeah. but it's not really. So you were... You, I was that guy, yeah, I used to do that. That had to be... I, 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 my, I was writing down all the stuff I've done in that world. There's tons of it. I did I did hundreds of them. Stuff that aired maybe here in the US that we might know, too? Know, actually, maybe. So I did some stuff for Yahoo. So, you know, the... The internet, company. yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not just something that cowboys shout when they're riding their horses. <laughs> was it profitable, Justin? No, not really. It kept me afloat just about. But I mean, and then when I made some good money with the IKEA stuff, I spent it on the album. I made uh, we paid paid for the album, the first Darkness album. 
When was that permission it. to land? Or yeah. was there, that was permission, permission to, to land, land, right? Yeah, it was funded by a flat pack furniture company. So the Sweden. company actually, the, the money you made from doing it, or the company actually got behind the record? No, the money I made from doing the work for the company is what we used to, because we didn't have a record deal, you see. We weren't music industry darlings. Right. You know, I was considered uh, somewhat of an outcast. <laughs> I know, I know, I know your pain. Yeah, so uh, uh, we had to make our own album and, and you know pay for it ourselves, and that's how we did it. And what year was that? 02? That was the year two thousand and two when we made the album, and it didn't come out until three. So, so you you were you were coming into the music business though. Just the 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 interesting thing is you got in just before the bottom really started to fall out. As some far people as- say, it was our fault. <laughs> <laughs> You're to blame? <laughs> yeah. it's like, uh, nobody buys albums anymore. Who's the last band that really sold some darkness? Oh, that's why. But you, but you, you, you kind of did get the last bite of the old model of the music industry, right? Yeah. Who signed the band initially? Uh, Atlantic. Atlantic. Atlantic Records, yeah. Uh, I think it was, just, you know, it used to be East West in the UK, but we were like, oh, we want to be Atlantic. Can't you just call it Atlantic? And there wasn't an Atlantic at the time. So I said, yeah, all right, let's do Atlantic. Led Zeppelin was on that Atlantic. That's, right. a good, that's a good thing to call it. Right. And also, the first album had the, uh, you know, remember, remember when you used to get an Atlantic CD? Of or, course. And then, then the, the on-body artwork of all Atlantic recordings in the olden days was simulated what used to be on the label on the on the vinyl. So it was really cool to sort of open the, the, the thing. Red, I remember red and greenish. That's right, but the top half and bottom half with a strip in the middle with some, you right. know, barcodes or whatever you need to do, legal right. information and stuff. Right. Um, so it was nice to have one of those. It just looked like a Led Zeppelin album until you read the word the darkness on it right and then it didn't sound like a little <laughs> but for a split second it's like oh let's have my way it's me <laughs> but still it's got to be cool to see your name on that atlantic logo yeah you know that's pretty that darn a, cool yeah that was a cool company wasn't it and you know it was nice to be part of its resurgence so so you make the record and finance it you the band initially yourself yeah. and then you shop it as a completed record is that what happened well we were the complete package we already had like um we'd started to put independently singles out and try to um you know get some momentum because we we, we felt like we had a no other choice really we'd, we'd, we had a good uh following in the uk and every time we played it was more people um we had songs that everyone knew and so we we just started a campaign on our own really we got to, yeah, we did uh, Get Your Hands Off My Woman. Um, I Believe in a Thing Called Love was the first thing we ever did, actually. We, we printed like 200 copies of it. Uh, we sold 180 copies of it, and it went into the charts at number 180, coincidentally. Wow. Exactly the same chart position as number of records sold. So, so it's a good thing we didn't sell millions. <laughs> it would have been number <laughs> one million. Yeah, pretty low. Yeah. Not, yeah, not, not uh, on the charts. An impressively high number, unless you're talking about your chart position yeah so did was was the did the scene in england where you grew up did they it sounds like they embraced you pretty early on they were supportive no the people were yeah Yeah, they're just the the bread and butter working man who goes to the music show and wants to have a good time we we were loved by those guys right you know um it's, it's the music industry itself that was uh not 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 sure if we were serious or not um i think the the thing was who was this man prancing in a lycra Unitard playing this music with guitar solos in it that nobody else is doing. That's not very fashionable. They can't be serious. We will ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they decided to do. And um, after a while, it was like, oh, they haven't gone away and people are listening to this band. We must stop ignoring them and give them money. 
and they're then, 180 on the charts. Yeah, well, I mean, after that we got something like a a 41. I think we hit 41, just just outside. And then the last one we did on our own went to number 11, and that was a really big deal. You know, we we made a a good video, and it was on MTV2 and all that stuff all the time, and it nearly got in the top 10. And what song was that for? That was for Growing on Me. Okay. And um, so all that was left to do then was the smash to do the smash mm-hmm. and we'd really built it carefully and at that point Atlantic decided to throw some money at it I mean in fact we, we, were, we were sort of being chased by a lot of different um, I was going to say did, was there like the the bidding war sort of ensue the, the yeah, buzz began it or? did get to be a bit like that um, it did for the publishing especially but, but the records there was a, there were a few players involved and we chose um, Atlantic they chose us and it was really beautiful for a while yeah and then that's when we first heard about the darkness I believe here in America with I believe in a thing called love and you in the unitard. So you get signed to Atlantic, which had to be a huge moment for you. And then they just pick up the existing we, record you made. Yeah. Right? It was, uh, we sort of licensed the, the existing album and everything to them. And then we had this brilliant day when we went to the, um, the uh, label and then everybody in the label was uh, paid to come and sort of nod appreciatively to the music. <laughs> and I was looking around thinking, these guys don't like this. They don't like it. Did you get that vibe? Did you think? No, were- I mean, uh, no. I mean, some of them liked it, but you right. can't expect an entire room full of people to enjoy divisive music. You know what I mean? Like we're not we're not there to be mainstream. We were there to challenge people. They're swearing all over it for a start. You know, it's that first album is a rock and roll album. Right. Not everybody's going to like it. Right. Even people who like rock and roll, half of them don't like it because they think it's not not real. Doesn't sound like normal music to me and stuff like that. Some people have got weird attitudes, and a lot of those people work in the music industry. Yeah. So. You know, it's just brilliant to see like a load of people who are contractually obliged to show me <laughs> some appreciation, <laughs> just for the you know, just to commemorate signing the the deal of the century. You know. So when is the first time that you come to America? Um, for, well, for as a member of the dark, I mean, oh no, we've been here before. We or? had been here, yeah, we had before all that stuff. We we played at South by Southwest um, as the then, darkness, yeah, as the darkness, yeah. and um, you know, did shows um, in L.A. And um, outside of the South by Southwest, but we didn't have much money, so we couldn't do a, a big tour or anything like that. We were just trying to feel feel the water. Is that what you say? Feel the water. Get a toe in. Get a shoe in. Put Kick, your toe in the water. Smash in Dip the back doors in. of America, Put, and then just come steaming in, going, "Yeah, look at us!" Tap uh, into America. That's <laughs> <laughs> that tap into it. America would be it. So uh, you you get um, you you get great reaction. With I believe in a thing called love here in the U.S. Did that yeah. surprise you? Yeah, in fact, you? Um, there was a there was a brilliant woman called uh, uh, Mary Gormley who was working at Atlantic. Sure. Here, because Atlantic did exist here, you know, um, across the street, it's still there. Yeah, it's brilliant. Oh, yeah, it's right That's there. a great company. Yeah. And, um, so she was aware of us from from that South by the first South by, and she was really supportive and and got everything going. And I think it was her kind of initial look at this band thing that got the UK excited as well but we ended up signing to the uk so mm-hmm. i mean that's all those are details really but did it take you by surprise though that that song was well received here and became a hit in america did you expect that to happen did you think i know i expected it to be a massive hit everywhere in the world and beyond <laughs> so I, honestly i was so confident in those days i felt you know when every time i played that song i thought this is me tapping into something sorry not tapping into Man. this is me letting something spiritual bleed through my fingers and I could just feel like every time I played that first chord and and even the second one, right up to the last chord, I just felt like it was a really special song. And I thought that's going to be a hit. 
Yeah. Listen to that hit, I said to myself. People are going to love this. And then everyone was going, oh, yeah, but you're so, what's all that you know, steering wheel stuff? You can't sing that. That sounds rubbish. Sounds like the 80s or something. Um, but they were stupid people. And I think that you know, an, an open-minded civilian who appreciates culture and music will listen to that song and go, that's brilliant. And I think that the two things that people <laughs> – he's laughing at himself. <laughs> he's cracking himself up. But the two things that people that I remember – here in in America thinking when they first heard that song and saw that video was the the two first of all people loved the fact that it was like you said very straight it was a straight up great hard rock song with guitar solos i mean we needed that at that time and we needed some people no matter whether it was tongue-in-cheek or not, we needed rock stars. We needed that sort of thing here again, too. And then the other comment that, that a lot of people threw around was your voice and going into those the yeah. octaves that you went into. Which is a blessing and a curse, you know. It's like That's the way I sing. When, when, when there's a guitar playing and it's loud, I've got to find the area of my voice that can compete with that, in a, in, first of all, in a dirty rehearsal situation to a live situation or just sonically. And that, the loudest part of my voice is that high stuff when I'm screaming. Um, I just use it all the time. Is it tough for you to do now? No. It's, it's very natural? It's comfortable. Because even yesterday, Amit Zappa was here, Frank Zappa's son, and yeah. I was promoing who was coming in, and I said, the members of the darkness will be here tomorrow, and the first thing out of his mouth on the air is, like, oh, that fucking guy's voice is unbelievable. you got to ask him how he does that. And I said, well, yeah. It's just natural, though. I mean, I think everyone's got like a range where they're comfy. In. I mean, I can do, I don't know, loads of octaves. I can do low stuff, but it's very quiet. All, all the good ones. All the best octaves. Low ones, high ones. High ones, I like them, though. They sound good. What did you grow up <laughs> listening to, Justin? What was the stuff that you were that shaped you as an artist to want to do this? Um, as a kid, it was always Rue's dad's band. Which is Queen, which we'll talk about in a yeah, second. Yeah. Um, I love that band the most, probably. Um, Led Zeppelin, um, Aerosmith, ACDC. Just all the normal, the normal good, rock. The, I mean, the, I like Fleetwood the, Mac and stuff as well, and uh, Tina Turner, right? You know, Brian Adams. So, where does it go from here for the darkness? Then you you come over, you tour, do you, you do you do a, another record, a follow up record. This this one for Atlantic, I would think. The second, yeah, record. yeah, second one was an Atlantic one too, yeah. Uh huh. And then then so so this whole thing's progressing, <laughs> and then there's a falling apart, so to speak. Yeah, you, got, you leave, you have issues. Tell us what happened. Um, well, <laughs> I don't know where to start, really. second album was all right. I mean, it was a brilliant experience to record it because we worked with Roy Thomas Baker, who um, Again, worked, Queen. On, sure. w- worked with Rue's dad's band. <laughs> it's my favorite band. Can you just not say Queen? Queen. <laughs> I just don't want to make him feel uncomfortable, so instead I'm going to say By his the way, name. I saw him play. I saw him play in Queen, which we'll talk about in a second, as I'm sure you you know. But Yeah. Um, he still can't even process it. <laughs> it's unbelievable to me. Um, but he's was, in the darkness. The yeah, You're amazing. slumming it with, with Justin in the darkness. <laughs> Everyone says that. I don't know what they mean by that. <laughs> but when when does the when do thing when do oh, roadblocks yeah, yeah. Sorry, come yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. When um, is it? Uh, and it wasn't as much fun, basically. I, you know, we spent a long time recording this thing, and it was, and I didn't feel like the material on there was strong enough. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't communicating very well as a band and we weren't writing the best songs and we didn't have any songs that I felt like I did about that hit you know what I mean like when I was playing the opening chords of any song on that second album it doesn't feel to me like 
there's magic in my <laughs> fingers. Um, and Why even, do you even think today, that is? Why do you think you I hit such just, a bump on the second record? I think it's just we were trying too hard to make a record that sounded the way we, we wanted. To. I mean, you get one opportunity to do a big budget album, and that comes after you've had a hit. So when you take that opportunity and you haven't quite got the material, you force it a bit, and you know like what the formula is for making a great, great sounding album because we've made one. You know, and now we're doing it with a brilliant producer. Just they haven't got the songs. You know, so. We were just banging our heads against brick walls. We spent a long time trying to write this thing, but we weren't in the right mind mind space to make a good album. We needed. We should have had a break then. I think if the hiatus had happened after the first album, the second album would have been magnificent, mm. absolutely stonking, you know. But we we took the break uh, after the second album, which made it look like it was a failure that forced a split and you know, all these journalists' uh, favorite go-to kind of cliche storylines but it isn't like that really i mean it's for me it stopped being fun as soon as the touring process started because when you stand on a stage and you play a song that you know isn't very good that's excruciating if you do that in front of an arena you just don't want to do it anymore it's, it's not fun you know and i didn't need the money so i stopped doing it how big did the darkness <laughs> get at that point in the uk like were you playing arenas yeah, it was arenas. <clears throat> you were headlining yeah arenas? we were doing multiple wembleys so really? on and so forth yeah, oh, yeah. that'd be amazing though for you as a as a you're writing <laughs> jingles a, and I'm you're t- headlining arenas yeah of Wembley. course i mean it was, it was brilliant but at the end of the day you didn't feel good about the material more is the, what's more important is is the material yeah definitely i mean i feel like i'm playing shows is great fun and everything but you've got to be channeling you know, and, and pulling out, pulling songs out of a, your bag of songs that you're really proud of, and you're just wearing on your skin, and and showing people you're an artistic entity first and foremost. So if the songs aren't right, you can be playing, you know, in a stadium, and it's not going to be a fulfilling experience. Well, there is that old adage that you know you have your entire life to write your first record. And then all of a sudden, you've got to do your second, and that's where the whole sophomore slump thing comes yeah, in. Yeah, I think sort of believe. this is what I always say. I think like if, once you've had a hit, you should have a break. You know, those, at least get, give yourself an opportunity to pat yourself on the back. And How did you- I think the momentum of an album, you know, carries you a certain certain way but to try and take the momentum of an album into the next album campaign is a mistake because mm. every album should be treated as its own sort of individual mm. and, uh, and you know unique body of work and you need to sort of hit reset and uh, even if you come back years after the event and people don't remember who you are so be it you know take take the time make a good album don't just do a rubbish one how did you personally handle the amount of success that came relatively quick for the band. There was a correlation between the amount of success and the how thin my septum became. <laughs> Your <laughs> septum? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, um, you mean you were doing blow no, and stuff? No, no, of course not. No, septum I have a visa. I have a visa <laughs> to enter this country, and I do not wish to upend my ability to enter and come and go as I please. You had with, issues. With Suffice salacious tidbits alluding <laughs> to behaviours that simply are not legal. <laughs> so basically you got really fucked up is I what used you're to saying. Get, I used to party a lot. Yeah. So I'll give you that. Before the band or, or did it start to come? Before, during and after. Then before and during. During the band. Mm. Okay. So but never on stage because I'm a professional. Never had bad shows? You always no, did yeah, it after? Yeah, no, Afterwards, yeah. After. Afterwards. And Rufus is cracking <laughs> never up during, over here. Never during, or not always during, but before and after. Never during. Sometimes during. <laughs> <laughs> never during, but also during. <laughs> to, to, the point, to the point where you got some help for it? I'm completely it? kidding. I'm completely kidding, by the way. Ne- never, never. 
after. Always before. <laughs> <laughs> There was this ridiculous. There was this ridiculous thing on uh, the UK press got hold of something that I'd said. They completely exaggerated it. They said I'd spent 150 grand on my party substances, and I said that's a bit. I, like the next opportunity I had, I said uh, that is a scandalous exaggeration of of the. Tr- the truth is, it was 149,000. <laughs> 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 do you find people? Do you find people have a hard time connecting with your sense of humor, both personally and the band yes, itself? Yes, I do actually. Yeah, I think it's um, a shame. I think it's hard for people to separate, you know, a person that uses that kind of jokery um, as a as a shield, really, to to protect the kernel of truth that's in my heart, <laughs> and I use songs to convey the truth and then when people attack me I use humour right so it's like a it's like a rotating door mm. there's emotion going out of that part of it and then when it oh wait no it's not like that at all it's more like a cat flap it's like two cat flaps on either side of my heart do you understand what yeah, I'm trying yeah I do I do <laughs> animals going in and out the swinging door yeah and yeah, some yeah. of them are welcome but some of them just come in they piss all over the carpet and then and then they have to go Wow, an analogy that is, man. And wow, no, that's heavy. That's me. All right, so let, where Welcome does it, to my heart. Where, where does it all come crashing down? Where does where does it? Oh yeah, it the, falls apart, right? You guys yeah, break up. Two thousand six, we broke up, and then uh, had a few years of doing other things. Um, you did another band, did you not? Yeah, but it was um, hot leg. Yeah, it was uh, like an exercise in just doing exactly what I wanted to do, without any concessions towards. Um, you know, being able to sell it. Um, it's a waste of money, um, but not a waste of time, crucially, because I think during that time I found out that it was a waste of money. And if you can learn just one lesson in a five-year period, then it isn't time wasted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where does the idea... To- <laughs> <laughs> and it, it sold upwards of uh, 50 copies as well, which is... You know, <laughs> 50, so five, it, zero. It, was cost, it cost a... Yeah, I mean, it cost about... So you landed at I mean, 50 on the charts. <laughs> yeah, well, I wish. There's no way it got that high. Um, I've, I, um, it's 49, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, I think it was. Um, I spent some money on this, on my home studio, which is good money. Good money well spent. I spent about 70 grand on it. Um, and that album has made a lot of that back. So, no, it hasn't, actually. So it's, it's starting to make some of that back. So so when do you, when do you re, when do you reconstitute the darkness? When does the when does it come to you that it's time to to do the well, band again? Me and Dan going to bring Rufus into the conversation because he comes into play uh, soon. Okay, well Rufus will be in this soon. Around about two thousand and nine, I started doing writing for other people, um, and I wrote a song for Adam Lambert. Funnily enough, it was on his first album, um, and then my brother liked that one. And he was like, "Oh yeah, this is good. We should do some writing." So we started writing together. Your brother is the guitarist in the darkness. We should tell everybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is I'm talking about the reformation, really. And then we were sort of thinking about writing stuff for other people. And then we started writing these songs. It's like, yeah, but the other people can't sing that. You know what I mean? They shouldn't be singing that. We'll 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 save that for us, and we'll we'll do something. You know. And we didn't think it'd be the darkness. We thought it'd be like our thing that wasn't the darkness, like a second attempt at, at music that wasn't darkness. And then we thought, well, we might as well just get Frank in and then and then Ed, and then we'll do The Darkness. Um, so we did it again. Le- 2011, we sort of um, played at Download, and then the album came in 2012, I think. 
So did you you placed songs? You were you had a song on Adam Lambert's record. You, yeah, you were placing songs with other artists at this point. Yeah, I did that Adam Lambert, Meatloaf, Foxy Shazam, Weezer, lots of stuff like that. See that? Well, I mean, that's that's a. I don't need to tell you as a songwriter. That's a lucrative thing if you're able to do that. That's. Th- I don't know. I was looking at my thing. I think there's less money in it than you might imagine. Well, maybe now if you're doing and- album tracks. It's just you know you're throwing you're throwing talent away. Really, but if you're getting singles, then it's great. Right, right, right. But it still had to feel good for you as a writer to know that what you were creating was of a quality that these other artists were were wanting to record. I mean, that had to be that had to feel really good. I would think. One thing about my ego is it doesn't need that kind of um, backslap. <laughs> it's already it already knows it's magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody paid me a compliment, I'm like, I know. <laughs> So that's, you're, a, that's a brilliant song. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so you're so so the darkness fires up again, and the reception in England is is oh, strong. It's good, actually. Yeah, it was pretty good. Lots of good reviews, and you know, people were pleased to see us playing at Download. It was actually um, Def Leppard, funnily enough, who who for some reason Joe Elliott just had it in his head that we should get back together, and he was always like. Uh, you know, oh, I heard a rumor the darkness get back together, and then when they played, when they headlined Download Festival, they asked for us to be the sort of warm up for them. So we got a much higher position in the bill than we would normally have had, and it was all because of Joe Elliott. Really. Mm-hmm. You know, just being a cool guy. Yeah, Joe's such a music fan and such a champion for the bands that he likes, so that yeah, does not been, surprise me. He's been amazing to us. He really yeah. has. You know, just over the years. I mean, I don't, I don't uh, get to speak to him that often. You know, but. Um, Every time I see him, he's just uh, a delight. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, where does Rufus come into the equation? For those that don't know, Rufus is the son of Roger Taylor of Queen, which is Justin's favorite band. Which he can't even believe that that he's in the presence of of a, an offspring of a member of Queen. I think we can all say that. But where Rufus, how do you come into the equation? Um, <clears throat> I got a phone call from Dan when I was in Sydney, and uh, he told me that it was the first time I'd ever spoken to him. So it was a nice, really nice surprise for, uh, on my part. And, um, yeah, he said they had a, a press gig in, in London at the Gibson Showrooms in two days. And um, there were six or eight songs that, um, from the last album, that um, which was new at the time, that uh, they were going to play and asked me if I could learn them and get back in time to do it, basically. So it was a bit nervy, but um, but I did it. So and, you didn't uh, know these guys at all? No, I literally got off the plane in London from Sydney at 6 a.m. It was a 25-hour flight or something. And uh, uh, went straight to the rehearsal, this rehearsal room in Shepherd's Bush and met the guys for the first time where Justin told me that he's got a tattoo of uh, my dad's face on his hand. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Can I see it? Yeah, it's here. Oh, wow. It's from the Hot Space artwork. Well, you've got the whole. He's on each of the front fingers. He has. Oh uh, yeah. Are you are you webcamming this, by the way? No, I'm not. But I will gladly take a photo of that, and you we may. can send that out. That's that's actually very awesome. That is awesome. Look at that. <laughs> there you go. Wow, did that hurt? There's not a lot of skin there, man. Um, it didn't. No, it's, it who was hurt fun. the most? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Brian. Actually, there's a lot of black. A lot of um. Because there's a lot of fill that had to happen on his on his uh, bonnet. Yes. <laughs> Is that French? Yes. I just tweeted out the yes. photo of the tats at, at Eddie Trunk. I'd like to see uh, Justin Hawkins 
hot space recreation on his four fingers on his left hand. Uh, pretty amazing. So were you a fan of the darkness, Rufus? Huge fan. You yeah, were? Yeah, yeah, okay, so fan. you welcomed the call. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay. yeah. I've been a fan since the first, um, since Permission to Land. And um, I think I first heard it and saw it uh, and saw them on, uh, I think it was a Growing On Me video. And um, yeah, it just blew my mind. It ma- made me laugh my ass off. And um, and it was just really refreshing to see a proper rock band again, you know. Right. There, there wasn't anything, in my opinion, no offense to anyone, but, but you know, <laughs> prop, you know, proper like like that at the time. So it was it was really nice when they came along. It was a it was a good thing. So you welcomed it, and then you went down and you did this. Was it a, what, what what were you actually doing the first time you played with them? It was a show. It was a press gig for like two hundred press right or something i think it's yeah like some of the hardcore fans just a, like a launch launch of the album for the previous know. record yeah okay. yeah so um dan sent me the songs i think there were six of them and um he sent me the songs whilst i was in australia and i basically downloaded them onto my phone and just re- listened to them religiously on the plane um tapping away keeping people awake pissing people off but um but yeah it worked <laughs> for you growing up the son of a of a world-renowned amazing drummer and singer your dad's a great singer as well did, did was it just preconceived that you were going to be a musician and a drummer did or just being around it did it just rub off on you i think it was just because there were always drums in the house yeah and when i was a kid like a baby you know i, I was uh able to walk at least or crawl about i was um i'd usually find my way into the studio somehow and uh did your dad encourage you or teach you at all uh yeah he did teach me a bit but um but no he didn't want to like put you know push me into it at all it was definitely purely my own decision and um yeah just always loved to hit things really and uh but yeah he definitely helped me later on there was like he wouldn't give me lessons but if if there was say he introduced me to you know all my favorite bands and led zeppelin being one of them and uh, when I first heard, uh, he just gave me a bunch of albums to listen to, and I think I got to the good times, bad times, and I'd, I'd never heard a bass drum like that, you know, in my life. And um, so I'd go to him, and I'd be like, "How do you do that?" <laughs> and he'd go, uh, "Well, uh, he say, damn it, why that, don't you want it. to know how to play Stone Cold Crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Screw that Led Zeppelin band, that guy. <laughs> no, that that, that the, the Queen songs were just played on." <laughs> On repeat, my my entire life, <laughs> like, you couldn't. There was no escape, which is a not not a bad place. Still, to be, it still happens now, doesn't it? When we, when we oh, go yeah, out yeah. before a show, like um, and then and then like the DJ sort of clocks Rufus, and then <laughs> oh, I know what he'll like, and then puts a Queen song on, and then sort of looks over at him like, yep, see? yeah, he's looking I'm, at me going, <laughs> that's your Ted. Can you hear it? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that one before. <laughs> it's just so, so tedious. No, I, even I get annoyed by it, and it's not my dad, you know. And I love the songs, and it's not my dad. So, so, so you um, you welcome this invitation to do this. Had you been playing? I mean, I I told you I saw you play with Queen. Yeah. Two tours. The previous tour to this one, you came out and you played three a, a drum battle with your dad, mm. and then you did a couple songs with them, which was yeah. awesome. I actually did the whole set uh, the, uh, on percussion. But then well, on percussion, but as far as behind the, the kit. Drums, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then this latest tour, which I also saw for Queen with Adam Lambert, you did not participate in? No. Okay. Because of... Because um, we were doing our, stuff. Yeah! Beautiful album. Because of darkness! <laughs> he gave up, he gave up <laughs> global stadium touring 
yeah. to perform with the darkness. Now that's a committed man, Justin. But, but he should is... be committed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this is uh, the guys have made me feel so welcome like, ever since I joined the group two and a half years ago or something. And um, you know, obviously the C- Queen, obviously they're huge and everything, and but they'll be but okay. I've, but I've always, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they, they, they exactly need me. You know? <laughs> but um. I always like looked to them as something that you know I'd never be able to play with them. You know, of course not. I'd, I'd just be able to watch and you know, right. all that. But uh, but when they did eventually get asked, it was my, you know kind of blew me away. So I'd, I'd I'd be an idiot to say no. You know, but um, but at the end of the day, it's not my band, and it's you know it's something to look up to and whatever. But but as soon as I joined these guys, like being a big fan of the Dinos myself, they made me instantly welcome and um it just made me feel like i was i'd found my thing you know mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah so you had a band of your own you were actually yeah it, it felt, was it your felt thing like that was, you were creating was, and contributing yeah, to yeah part mine had you I mean, done so. that before were you in bands that we might not have known of as as a as a regular member um besides yeah, queen i started uh, I, I did a load of session work um for a bunch of friends and stuff and and various people i played for brian may on a on a couple of solo tours he did which was an amazing learning experience, and I did um I did a musical for like two years, um which was also a good learning thing. But uh, and then I was really lucky and did this gig with my dad. He he was singing and uh, he asked me to play drums and and Jeff Beck came uh, came on and played a song with us and then um, offered me a job up afterwards, which uh, you know made me shit myself. On the spot, but so um, in a good way. Yeah, yeah you toured way. with and Jeff Beck. I sadly didn't get to tour with him, which was, which is a bit of a shame. We we had a couple of amazing tours lined up. There was one with Brian Wilson, which was really fucking amazing. Excuse me. Oh, you can say that. It's fine. Oh, cool. And um, but you recorded with him. I yeah, I recorded a bunch of stuff with him in the studio, and I played uh, I think th- three gigs with him. Okay. Yeah. But uh, but that as an experience, as like a learning experience, like just playing under that guy was. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got to hit a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about the new Darkness album, which is called Pinewood Smile. It comes out on October 6th, and I want to include the listeners in the conversation as well. We have uh we still have some time left to go here. We will uh we will get to you guys uh, in a second, and we'll also welcome in the other phone calls and talk a little bit about the new Darkness album, which there are three videos that are speaking of the uh the 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 uh language aspect of it. My goodness, there's some great stuff on this record. Uh, so I want to know about the Southern Trains. Uh, now that hearing this song, I just need to. I, I've I've got I've got information from hearing the song, but it it just can't be that bad. But we're going to find out in a bit. So Justin Hawkins and Rufus Taylor are here, and they are from the Darkness, and we're going to continue talking about the new album, and we'll include you in the conversation next. This, this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Well, I've been telling you guys about True Car for a while. There's something about True Car that a lot of people just don't know, and that is that using True Car can also help you buy a used car. In fact, there's over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide. Whether you're looking to buy new or used, you can get upfront pricing information that empowers, discounts off the list price for used cars, and a better buying experience through our True Car certified dealer network. And there's over 700,000 
thousand pre-owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide. You'll see what other people paid for the car you want, so you can know what a fair price is and feel confident. With True Car, you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing. So you can enjoy a quick, easy buying experience. And using TrueCar, you can easily find the new or used car you want. So when you're ready to buy a new or a used car, be sure to visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. Now, if you're hearing my voice, it means you like podcasting. And if you like podcasting, well, then you're going to love my show. Lots of funny segments, good bits, great guests, and of course, moi. That's Mexican for me. So check it out at Podcast One, iTunes, or wherever you, you listen to find podcasts. The Adam Corolla Show. Throw it on your phone. It's free. This, this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Back with more of my conversation with Rufus Taylor and Justin Hawkins of The Darkness on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. So far, you've released three videos from this song, including the latest one, which I guess is, I don't do Snapchat, but I guess some yeah. of those images were Snapchat we don't generated. We do Snapchat. No, Snap, not Snapchat. Is, either, is that not what that is, though, in the video? Well, I've got a young, young uh, daughter, and um, yeah, so she showed me. The Snapchat, and the delights of Snapchat. To and mess with the pictures. Because you can make your face look like a dog's face. Right. And then the tongue comes out whenever you open your mouth. It's brilliant. So, <laughs> so, so the, latest, the latest video and single from the record is, is called Southern Trains. Yeah. Now, us here in America, we don't know about the Southern Trains, yeah. but we're learning. Well, I actually, learned a little bit about them through the lyrics of the yeah, song. Yeah, I've made a mistake there because apparently it's called Southern Rail. And I always thought it was called Southern Trains. Oh, okay. Or maybe it used to be called Southern Train. But anyway, the the, the rail service, uh, the rail network in the UK has been privatised as of the 80s. Um, and there's a particular uh, section of the network in sort of around where my brother lives. And if you try and get into London or out of London on it, it's a disaster. And nothing happens. You get on the... Let me just explain. You get on the train. First of all, it's freezing because the aircon's just over over-egged, as it were. It's completely packed. It's not. It's not moving. There's usually not a conductor, or there's not a driver. I've been on a train once when it, when the, the announcement has come over the tannoy and it's gone. Yeah, don't worry. We'll be moving the train soon. We're just waiting for the driver to turn up. He's, he's late, <laughs> and the driver was late to drive the train, so the train was subsequently late. Um, they're, they're, they they all the trains behind it late. Yeah. Have um, you had Southern train experiences, Rufus? Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, everybody who's used it, it, it are despairing, really, because you can't actually commute using the train service. Uh, it's really expensive. There's another thing, um, full of cunts, and it's really, really annoying. So, yeah. so do so. Do you, does everyday experience like this for you? That's a catalyst for a lot of your writing, right? Well, we like- did that. I mean, we had to do that because uh, I just remember. I remember sitting um, in a window seat. We were lucky enough to get sat at least, um, but it was really full. And me and my brother had these vegetarian burritos, right? And I was sitting by, and I was like, oh, thank God. I'm really, really grateful for the seat. This is brilliant. It's not the best view, but uh, I looked over at my brother, and he was, he was trying to eat his burrito, and there was literally an arse in his face. 
Like sunburnt sauce. <laughs> and, the, and then there was a girl sort of next to us going, Yeah, but the thing about my hair is sometimes it gets greasy, but then at other times it's too dry. <laughs> and something totally inane like that. And I was thinking, hmm, that's a tedious conversation. He's trying to eat his dinner with an arse in his face. <laughs> this is the Southern Trains, and this is like a really a regular occurrence for everybody who has to use that section. And um just made sense to make a song about it, you know. There was a lot of anger, I'll admit that. Uh-huh. Um, Understandable, you're trying can, to eat a burrito with an ass, yeah. ass in your face. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you about solid gold, mm. shitting out solid gold. Mm. Uh, tell me about the origins of that song. What An indictment do? on the music industry, <laughs> I would think? No, or? I don't think that's it. I mean, to be honest, it's more, uh, it's more about our sort of, um, it's our way of saying to our audience, fear not. We're not going anywhere. You know, we're not going to stop doing this magnificent thing that we do. Um, from now until the end of time, we will continue to shit out solid gold, um, and we're never going to stop. So it's so so it's uh, for people who might be concerned that you're going to bottom out again. Uh, I don't want them to worry. <laughs> don't worry, because uh, Rufus is here. Everything's yeah. good. We're okay. We're in safe hands. <laughs> yeah. And the other uh, single and video released so far, all the pretty girls. Yeah, uh, tell us about that, that one's, song. Uh, I think that's quite an important one, really, because uh, the main the main refrain is like, uh, "All the pretty girls like me for who I am." When the record goes platinum. Um, and I may have taken some artistic license with the pronunciation of platinum in order to make it work. But that's what I do, you know. That's the magic of wordplay. He's a wordsman. <laughs> I'm, I'm words, wordsmith. See, you know what I like about your band is that you have this very humorous, fun, tongue-in-cheek sort of thing. But it's it sits in a place where it's not it's not over the line. It's not too extreme. It doesn't and, – and the music and the songs you're writing around it make it – it's almost like you you could listen to this and 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 not feel like you're listening to me it it doesn't feel like a novelty band in any way and i think that's a dangerous line that you yeah. kind of don't want to cross over to me it's a very legit rock band with great hooks great songs but you're always given a little wink every once in a while i mean is that is that really what it's about yeah, for you yeah i think uh, you know the greatest rock bands like um you know aerosmith they call them the greatest america's greatest america's rock greatest band. yeah that's what they that's what they call it. One of my um, all time favorites. Me as well. too. I yeah. mean I was brought up on that stuff and I genuinely believe that uh if you didn't have the sort of sexual innuendo and the kind of humour that Steven Tyler writes with Big Ten Inch record. Yeah, how are you gonna how can you tell me that that's that that real rock and roll has to be serious when there's people doing that? A C D C's another example. That's a bloke in a fucking school uniform running about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um and then some and Bon Scott's lyrics uh, have been really inspired me over the years as well. I think he's a brilliant poet, um, but it's a lot of innuendo and it's a lot of um, there's a lot of salacious stuff in there, and uh, and it's humorous, and it, and I think it has to be. If it's not, it's just serious pub rock. Who wants to listen to serious yeah, pub exactly. rock? You know, and it comes across live as well. Like when you see a band actually having a good time and not kind of staring down at the floor and being quite boring, and you know. It comes across in a big way when you when you see a band having a good time on stage and but and the material kind of has the to be there. You know, you can do, you can do the you can do the goof fest if you mm. want to a degree, but you you can't go over the line. I don't think, and you still have to have great hooks and great songs and great music and playing. I think it's a very fine line be, where you you kind of have to walk with that. In my Absolutely, opinion. yeah. But you don't want to go in either direction too far, right? You know, so. do you, what's your favorite Aerosmith <laughs> record? You've brought them up a number 
favorite times as a favorite band? I mean, do you have a favorite I love album? Permanent Vacation. I love Pump. I love Get a Grip. I really like Nine Lives, strangely. I See, think you're, you're obviously younger than me, so you're coming from a different angle. Yeah, so you're I not mean, mentioning I, I think, any of the 70s stuff. No, I think that Toys in the Attic is a great album. Rocks. Um, Rocks is a oh great album. Gosh. Um, I even, I don't know, I like a lot of it, to be honest. But I feel like the, the, the resurgent stuff is so strong and so so inspiring. You know, Permanent Vacation's got amazing songs on it. Yeah. And it and it was of that time, and that's a 70s band in an 80s world, really nailing it. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, in 89, Pump, well, I was 14 when that happened. Um, unless you look at Wikipedia, uh, at which point I, I was just about to be born. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was still in my mother's womb when Pump was released. Um, and it was a delight. I think Pump is the best of the records post-70s, in my opinion. But you know what I I love about Aerosmith is, like, I love the records that nobody else likes and talks about. I love Night in the Ruts. I love the one album Joe Perry's not on, Rock in a Hard Place. Yeah. I love Done With Mirrors when they reunited and they yeah. were in, in My class- Fist Your Face. Yeah. Oh, such a great song. Mm. Classic Rock Magazine just voted that like the best. The music, do the talking. Right. Great. It's awesome. That's an old Joe Perry Project song. So, yeah, there's, there's great stuff there. What's your favorite band, Rufus? Um, I think all in all, I just, I know it's boring, but everyone says it, but Led Zeppelin, I just can't. I just cannot argue with them, you know. Mm-hmm. They just almost every single song just kicks your ass and leaves you feeling great, you know. Remember the first Led Zeppelin song you heard or album? The first time you heard them? The first one I heard. Is it radio or I your th- dad no, played you something? My dad or? played it. I think it was. I think it was a whole lot of love. Yeah. Yeah. Or rock and roll. I played rock and roll when I was twelve, and um, that made a big impact. Yeah, I bet. One more thing before we turn it over to the callers. Did I read properly that there's a darkness documentary in the yeah. works? Uh, in fact, the filmmakers have just got off the plane. They're on the way here now to film us talking words. <laughs> like here today? <laughs> they like, might do, yeah. They might do. It's for, for real. Yeah, they've just they've just arrived in New York. Yeah, he just and, texted me. And and how? And they're coming to film us, so they're going to be following us around while we do our promo stuff. How far along is the uh, is the documentary? I feel like it's um, nearly finished, but something spectacular needs to happen. It's either me being fired out of a cannon into orbit, <laughs> or, or perhaps we have a hit. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping for the hit option, but something's got to happen for it to end. You know, at the moment, um, it's the tale of some musicians who are struggling along and uh excuse me and you know i don't know whether it's ever going to be finished because we really need an event something something powerful and spectacular and ideally it would be something good right as because the the alternative doesn't bear things you need as they say (laughs) you need as they say in the industry a button you need something a a button a way to wrap it or a a hook or something to hang it on i don't know yeah basically it's it's go two ways kind of either a really big hit or really bad something happened or one of us dies that is it that That is is basically i was dancing around it it, but that's it yeah you know you're you are sitting right in Times square in new york city what an epic place for something good to happen or some stunt or something Exactly. I mean, you're here in 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 the the, the middle. Are of you the, saying I should leap from the top of the building? We're on thirty six. <laughs> I don't want you Listen to do to that, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, you know, I don't know some stunt in Times Square. Talk to the filmmakers, see what you could put together. I think it would be something. You know, you're you're right. You're right here, man. Some cool spot for something to happen. 
Yeah, yeah, or we could just be. go get some Thai food. I don't know. I yeah, don't mind, really. You could do that, too. Or Rufus could get another sandwich <laughs> and put it in his hat. Yeah, the hat, the hat sandwich. That's going to catch on. That's it. All right, let's take our last break, and we're going to come back. We're turning it over to the callers the rest of the way with the guys in the darkness. Uh, Justin and Rufus are here. We should mention American Tour, which is kicking off next year, March 29th, in Los Angeles. Uh, Tour de Prince. I like that. Tour de France. Tour yeah. de France. Uh, you start off in L.A. on the 29th of March, wrapping up in Dallas on May 2nd, with uh, obviously many stops in between. Go to the darknesslive.com for more information. And again, the album is available everywhere October 6th, and that album is called Pinewood Smile. What's the significance of the title of the album? Um, do you know, you know what Pinewood Studios yes. is? Oh, yeah, so so the idea is that the Pinewood smile is a bit like a Hollywood smile, but it's the English version of that. Did you record there? No. Okay. Well, we did that. We made one video there, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, cool. So. Uh, let's, uh, let's get a break in. We'll uh, turn it over to the callers next. Coming right back with your calls here. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Let me tell you guys about Bluehost. It is the top-rated website provider powering over 2 million websites. Whether you're a blogger or a small business owner, Bluehost, they have everything you need to build the website you've always wanted. And Bluehost is the best tool to build, host, and manage your personal or small business website. Bluehost gives you the freedom to design your website your way without being limited by templates. And Bluehost can make hosting your website stress-free. So you can get back to what matters most. Simple enough for beginners, powerful enough for even the most advanced users. Ultimate flexibility and control with fully customizable templates and third-party app support. True reliability with a 99.9% uptime guarantee and automated updates. Maximum security as well, including malware monitoring and protection and automatic secure WordPress installs. They also have 24-7 tech support, online resources, and expert services to help you succeed and save time. Bluehost, they are the top recommended WordPress host on WordPress.org since 2005. Eddie Trunk listeners, you guys can save 50% when you sign up at Bluehost.com slash Eddie Trunk. That's Bluehost.com slash Eddie Trunk. Save 50%. Get your website humming and sign up now. Bluehost.com slash Eddie Trunk for 50% off. Hello, Dick Enberg here, and I'm mighty excited to announce the start of my new show, Sound of Success, right here on Podcast One. For 60 years, I've rubbed shoulders with sports greatness, from athletes in the world of football, baseball, college, and professional basketball, golf, tennis, the Olympics, and so much more. Join me as I explore in-depth stories from the greatest figures in the world of sport, and I'll share a few of my own. Download new episodes of Sound of Success every Thursday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, and Podcast one.com Oh my This is the Eddie Trunk podcast Once again, thedarknesslive.com is the site to find out a date near you. And as promised, we'll turn it over to you guys on the phones right now. Got about 12 minutes or so before we have to wrap up on a Tuesday. Uh, we got some people who have been waiting a little bit to talk to you guys, so here we go. We'll let them cool. fire away. This is Jeff, who's listening in Pennsylvania. Jeff, thanks for waiting. You're on with the guys. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. 
Um, first off, uh, Rufus, you're an awesome addition to the band. I really, I really dig your drum skills. You uh, sound great, and uh, I really enjoy it. Thanks a lot, man. And, absolutely. And uh, on top of that, uh, Eddie kind of already asked a rendition of the question I was going to ask, so I'm going to ask something a little bit different. Um, uh, this might be a little strange one, but when Queen was digging around for a new singer, Justin, did you ever consider trying to throw your hat in the ring uh, before Paul Rogers got involved? Because you definitely, you know, echo some of his uh, his skills. Oh, thanks. Um well, I think there was a, a moment when um, that was talked about, but it, unfortunately, the timing of that was uh, when we was just we were just sort of becoming big, if you see what I mean. So it would, I would have had to walk away from an exploding project of my own to do it. Um, well, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> thanks, but it was quite funny because I didn't I didn't um, mean to say no to it. <laughs> I just accidentally <laughs> did because um, Brian said to me, he said uh, he came to see us and he said. Uh, he said to Dan, um, oh, you really remind me of Malcolm Young. I think you're brilliant. And then he said to me, well, I don't know who you remind me of. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, and he said um, that he'd been working with this famous uh, songwriter called um, Guy Chambers to make a song yeah. for me. But when he said you, I thought he meant that he'd write written a song for the darkness. And I was like, no, nah, darkness don't need any fucking song. We write our own songs, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and um, so basically, I accidentally turned down the opportunity to sing the Queen by being a twat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did want to thank you, though, man. Solid Gold is literally my favorite song, and I've listened to it probably 15 times a week. So that's all oh, I'm going to say. Amazing. So cool. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Jeff, for the call. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> Cheers, Jeff. Would, would you have. Um, would you have felt confident being able to do that, stepping into Queen and I think singing it's that a real stuff? poison chalice. You know what I mean? I don't think there's a way to win when you go in and do something like that. Um, but having said that, it would be like boyhood dream, right? You know, it'd be something that you you it'd be like walk, dancing into the flame. You wouldn't be able to resist the urge to do it. It's like a like a moth to a flame. Yeah, I would naked dance into that flame. <laughs> Brian, Roger, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> I just I need this. Do you want to see that? <laughs> I will literally dance naked into flame for this opportunity. <laughs> That's a part. That'd be a cool. St- that'd be a cool way to end the documentary. There it is. Justin Hawkins dances naked into a flame on stage with Queen. I'll be holding Rue's hand because then he can come back. Get on the phone with your dad right now. Let's make this happen. We just found our button for the doc. That would be amazing. I, you know, I think Adam Lambert does something uh, on this latest tour, and I think he did it before too. That is pretty smart. He about halfway through the show, he said to the crowd to the show that I was at, "I know what you're all thinking. He's not Freddie." And he, Adam Lambert, says there. No shit, he said yeah, to the crowd. Yeah. Of course I'm not. Nobody's Freddie, <laughs> yeah. but we're celebrating the music. And I think that by him doing that, it kind of immediately sort of clears the air a little bit as to, okay, we're just going to celebrate this amazing music, and I know I'm not Freddie Mercury. So I thought that was kind of yeah, uh, smart um, how he handles I, that. I, I've written a speech for when, when that opportunity comes to me. <laughs> as you come I out know, of the flame. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> why is he? Why is he naked in flame? Well, I'm glad you well, asked. No shit. <laughs> My name's Justin. I can get used to it. Hey, Mike and Marilyn, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, man. Hey, how's it going, Eddie and uh, the guys in the darkness? Hey, I just wanted to ask you a question. Um, how did you get involved with Steel Panther and? Uh, what did you think of those guys, working with those guys? Um, I can't quite remember how I met them now because um, I'm sort of I've been friends with the bass player for a, a long time, and I and I genuinely don't recall how we met. 
But anyway, we've got a lot in common. He likes to go shopping. Um, he likes he likes uh, long walks, lo- <laughs> dancing in flames. <laughs> he, does, yeah. he and I will just go. To, you know that bit where Hollywood the Hollywood sign is. We we like go up there, just wearing like quite small shorts, and then we'll lay <laughs> underneath it and we'll just roll down together. <laughs> And then at the bottom, we'll just caress. <laughs> um, but we, I've known him for a long time, and I don't know why I know him. But anyway, that is basically because um, I've been to see a lot of Steel Panther shows, and I've always really enjoyed it. And it was always like, oh, you should come up and sing a song. It's like, oh, okay, all right then, hold this, I'm going to do this. And then go up there in my tennis shorts and sing a song with them. And then once they said, oh, you should come and play guitar. I was oh, okay, I'll play guitar. And then we went to, you should come to Vegas. And I was like, all right. So I went to Vegas and played a few songs. And I was like the rhythm guitarist, you know. Um, and then uh, they said, oh, you should sing a song on the album. I was like, really? Okay. And then I was a bit shocked by the, because I'm talking about back when they were mostly doing covers, mm-hmm. you know. And then um, when they were doing like their own material, I was pretty shocked by how sweary it was. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, like the tone of it is doesn't quite correlate with my view of the world. You know, I found some of it a little bit misogyny riddled. Um, well, that's what I was I talking about earlier really when I said there's I a line. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like um, some of it. I mean, obviously they 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 are a, a comedy rock band and, and they're brilliant at rock and comedy. Um, but some of the, the 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 tone of it was a little bit too far in that area for me. Yeah, I agree with you actually. Um, and the band that's way bigger, interestingly enough, in England than they are here. I don't know if you guys realize that. Yeah, they're massive, way they're, bigger that's, that's in England than they band. are here. Here in America, they're still a club band for the mm. most part. But mm. in in it's amazing how they've connected in England. It really is. Yeah, they love people love them. Yeah, Ron in Chicago. Go ahead, Ron. Hey, thanks, Ed, uh, Justin, and Rufus. Thanks for your time. This is a lot of fun, and uh, congratulations on the new on the new material. Thanks. You know, I, I've, I've always wanted to uh, thank you. You know, I saw the Permission to Land tour in Chicago, which was your first, uh, you know, run through America. Double Door. Wasn't it Double Door yeah. in Chicago? Yeah, you know, and uh, and then later on at the Vic, you've got a great memory. But you, uh, you brought with you um, what I feel, or who I feel, is uh, England's greatest, and that's the Wild Hearts. And I want oh, yeah. to thank you for that. That was quite a nod, and... I can imagine that would have been uh, a riot. Yeah, well, you know what that came from? That's because when we first started touring in the, the UK, there were two bands that really helped us along before it uh-huh. all kicked off. And, that, and Wild Hearts was the first proper tour that we ever did, was they was, was supporting them. And then the second one was um, Def Leppard. <laughs> so, you know. Wild so when, when, we, when we got to play in the States and the, and the Wild Hearts needed to get here as well, so we just said, why don't you come with us? Yeah. Why don't you come with us? Wild Hearts, unfortunately, a band that just never has made a dent in America. But uh, they, they, the people who know them, like our caller, really truly love those guys. And I know recently Ginger had some issues, and there were some real concerns for him. Some of the things he was posting and stuff. So I hope he's doing okay. I don't, I don't know him personally, but I know there's some kind of scary stuff out there. Ginger's the real deal. Stuff. That's the problem. You're talking about somebody who is actually living it. You yeah. Know? And yeah. I used to live um, just down the road from him, and I've, uh, I've witness the madness that is living around him Mm. he's a fantastic person but really lives his life in a dangerous way well that was a lot of fun thanks to rufus and justin of the band the darkness check out their new album just released called pinewood smile and really had a good time talking to those guys and uh some funny stuff never saw a man rest a sandwich in in the uh in the rim of his sweaty baseball hat (laughs) 
good bunch of guys and some fun songs on their record as well. All right, so uh, next week, another all-new episode. Of course, every Thursday of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, I'll be on vacation, but of course, I will still bring you something new next Thursday, so be sure to be listening. Thanks to Katie Arizari. She is the producer of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. And don't forget, visit my Amazon store, amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Do all your Amazon shopping starting there. And visit my website, eddytrunk.com. Music news updated daily on things you care about. Email me through the site, merch store, and much, much more, all on eddytrunk.com, including all of my upcoming appearances as well. Have a look when you get a chance. And I'll see you guys again next Thursday, another all-new episode. Have a good week, everybody. Guys, this is Chael Sonnen, America's favorite gangster. Make sure you check out my show, You're Welcome, right here at Podcast One. I've got guests like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Dana White, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and upcoming Brad Pitt and Will Smith are going to be in studio to talk about upcoming projects. Go, listen, enjoy, check it out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Send a pigeon, send a fax, write it on a postage stamp. Just make sure you are listening to your welcome at Podcast One or download and listen on the Podcast One app. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 1.04% APR for 36 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.